Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. How's everybody today? Oh, I love it, love it. A lot of guests in the house today. If you are here to maybe visit a friend who's being baptized or a family member, we welcome you. Come on, church, let's welcome them today. Always good to have some guests in the house. And uh, I don't know if you guys saw up here on the stage, Ellen was up here and Ellen and Joey are here today visiting and they brought their baby girl Dorothy with them. So it's always good to have them. How's everybody doing? Y'all doing all right? How's your neighbor doing? They doing all right? Check on them real quick. Check on them. You doing all right? You doing all right? Might have a nervous neighbor. Come on, how many of you think you might be sitting by a nervous neighbor? As soon as you put your hand up, you made them even more nervous. Even more. Hey, if our production team can bring up the house lights a little bit, that would be fantastic. I want to go to the book of 1 Samuel today, chapter 16. 1 Samuel, going OT. That's not overtime, that's Old Testament. Yes. It's never over, Angela. Never. Nah. I know a few of you guys in here, I got to talk to you about your team. And uh, there's a few of these guys that need prayer. I'm not going to mention their team's name, but we know who they are. All right, let's read the Bible today before I say something i got to clean up. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 5 through 12. And today I'm going to use one of the most familiar, popular Bible stories to preach a message that is not actually the story that you've always heard. There's something there i got to show you. 1 Samuel 16, verse 5 through 12. It says, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Purify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And then Samuel performed the purification rite for Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice too. And when they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, For I have rejected him. Boy, that's some strong language in the Bible, right? Right here, somebody's like, I cannot believe they rejected this young man. Just hang tight, okay? Um, The Lord doesn't see things the way you see them. And you should highlight that part of the Bible. And I would say this. The Lord doesn't see you the way you see you. And you should thank God for that. Amen. Amen. Because some of us, sometimes we, we, we overvalue ourselves. You know what I'm saying? Where we think we're all that, but the Lord sees who we really are. And sometimes we undervalue ourselves. But the Lord sees, he looks at us differently. Let's say it that way. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And then Jesse told his son Abinadab to step forward and walk in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, This is not the one the Lord has chosen. Next, Jesse summoned Shimea. But Samuel said, 
Neither is this the one the Lord has chosen. In the same way, all seven of Jesse's sons were presented to Samuel. But Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen any of these. Then Samuel asked, are these all the sons you have? I think Samuel's going through this moment of, oh God, I messed up. I thought I heard from the Lord. I guess I got the wrong family here. Having a little nervous moment. Are these all the sons you have? Watch this. They're still the youngest, Jesse replied. But he's out in the fields watching sheep and goats. Send for him at once, Samuel said. We will not sit down to eat until he arrives. So Jesse sent for him, and he was dark and handsome with beautiful eyes. And the Lord said, this is the one. Anoint him. Now, if you're not sure who in the world this is talking about, this is talking about David, who would eventually become the king. And I want to use this text today to preach a message that I'm going to entitle Chosen to Choose. Chosen to Choose. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day. This is a great day that you've given us. Today we get to celebrate you. We get to celebrate a lot of people who are going public with their faith today in baptism. And Lord, I just pray over the next few moments you use this message to speak something into our lives. Father, that will truly make a difference. Lord, I don't want a message that just is going to make us feel more informed or make us feel better, but a message that changes our hearts. So, Lord, use me today to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Chosen to choose. I I asked my son permission to share a story. I was actually going to share a different story, but my son Elijah last night told me I told this story too many times. And it's because I towed it at Surge a couple of times, uh, and I only towed it here once. But uh, this morning, I decided to pivot and tell a different story, uh, a very relevant story. As many of you know, my son Judah is over in Pensacola at the University of West Florida. And uh, he's, he's there, and his goal has been to play college football. Come on, any college football fans in here today? Amen. We don't need all that right now. <laughs> I could say stuff, but I'm not. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, uh, so my son Judah, he played high school football, and going into his senior year, he was wanting to have one of those seasons, you know, breakout seasons so that he can get recruited and play college football. But going into the season, uh, he was playing rec league baseball, slid in the third, ba- third base, and broke his ankle and wound up having surgery, and he missed most of the season. Thank you, Michael Crone, for getting him back so he could play three games. We got a little in-house rehab that took place that got him back uh, on the field. So uh, he finished the year with some amazing stats. He had one catch for eight yards. (laughs) And that's not really how you get recruited. And so, uh, so he decided that he was going to put in the work and try out on the team as a walk-on and try to earn a spot as walk-on. And so I think there were about 30 guys, I'm not sure what the exact number is, that were going to try out, and it was a few rounds of tryouts. And so it was all based on one position opening up on the team. And the position opening up on the team was determined if the guy that has the current position was going to need surgery on his ankle. Come on. 
This is crazy how the story works. And so Judah's position was determined on this guy's position. So Judah still, he went through all the tryouts, and it came down to him and one other guy, and they chose Judah. Okay, hold on, hold on, because you're fired up, and you don't even know the rest of the story yet. Okay, You don't know the rest of the story. Judah was in a tough spot because he knew what it was like to be that guy who needed surgery. And now this guy needs surgery and is potentially going to miss the year. But it looks like the Lord had different plans because the young man didn't need surgery after all. So it put Judah in this spot where the available spot was no longer available. But the Lord works in some ways sometimes that we don't see how. Because this could look like a very disappointing story until you see how the Lord wants to work. And so the coach, the receiver coach, took a liking to my son. And instead of just telling him, good luck, maybe next year, said, hey, why don't you come and be an intern with me? That way you're in the room, you're around the team, you learn, you get familiar, so that when you go to do this again, you'll have a better shot. And so that's what he did. And so he interned and was very involved with the team, got to do a bunch of neat things, and came home with a ton of gear. And when I say gear, this guy has more coaches' polos and, like, all the windbreaker. He's got the sweats. They gave him shoes. I mean, this dude is swagged out with everything UWF, go Argos, okay? And so he has all the stuff. It is amazing. And so he goes through the whole season. And so tryouts again occur. It's always the first week of the semester. And so now they're preparing for spring football. And those of you who don't know football, just follow the story. It'll make sense later on. Okay. Um, but they're getting ready for spring football. So they do a whole nother round of tryouts for walk-ons. And at the end of the season, a lot of guys move around, and there's the transfer portal. There's high school recruiting. So there's a lot of changes on the team. And so the coach told him, hey, you better not come back from Christmas break like a lazy man, meaning you better work so that when you come back, you look like you want to do this thing. And so all through Christmas break, I mean, while, while a lot of people were sleeping, he was working out and trying to be ready for his shot that would come. And so the Friday after school starts, he goes out to do the tryouts. And um, it, it, it was crazy because he felt the best he has ever felt in his life. He knew what was going on. He knew the coaches and everything. And so that afternoon, he starts getting emails from the athletic director. Lots of emails with all these compliance things, all this stuff about being a student athlete, all this stuff about NIL, and that, all the guys know what I'm talking about. And so it's just all of this stuff. And so then one of the guys that was one of the student trainers last year calls him and says, hey, don't tell no one that you're on the team. Yeah. Yeah. But the meeting wasn't until the following Tuesday with the coach. So he had the meeting the following Tuesday, and the coach confirmed, hey, you're on the team. But he said something there that is so important that I want to use to set up this message today. Because even though he was chosen, he still has choices to make. And the coach said, hey, you're on this team right now. But there's a lot of other guys that want to be on this team. And there's guys that will go into the transfer portal. There's kids that are being recruited. And so even though you were chosen, you still have choices that you have to make. I want you to grab that today. He's chosen, but he still has choices 
to make. Because if his choices doesn't reflect that he has been chosen, he may not be on the team anymore. And this ain't about being fair no more, y'all. This is about putting the right people in the right place to achieve that goal. Okay? But I want you to hear what's happening here. He was chosen, but he still had choices that need to be made for himself personally. Meaning this, he's got to show up every day. He's got to show up and give his best effort. He's got to always be willing to go the extra mile. He can't just get comfortable because it's like, oh, I'm on the team now. No, he's got to live in the place of, I'm thankful that I'm chosen, but I'm going to live like I have been chosen. There's going to be an activity that comes from this. And so you and I, we've all heard this quote. You've heard it. We've all heard it. All of our lives are the sum of what? The choices that we make. We've heard this stuff before, but I want you to know that there are other factors in the sum of our lives. There are other factors. There's even the choices that other people make that affect our lives. Can I get an amen from somebody who's been affected by a choice of somebody? And you still got the whole feeling of, what were you thinking? Am I right? Don't look at your neighbor right now and tell him that. But I know that's what you, it's like, what were you thinking? Because other people's choices affect our lives too. But have you ever considered that God has been making choices for you too? Like sometimes we treat God like he's not in on our lives unless there's a crisis. And then it's like, where you at? Where you at? Where you at? It's not that God went away, y'all. It's that we made some choices. That got us to where we are. And that's why during crisis, we start making different choices. Am I right? Like when you're in a crisis, it's like, I'm going to get spiritual. Look at a college student. You know when they get spiritual? Midterms. Finals. Holy God. Holy God Almighty. I know people in church before a job interview, spiritual. Oh, before that? No, I'm not spiritual. No, I got a lot going on. Now, all of a sudden, job interview. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen to a new podcast this week. Faith. Believe God. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You got a crisis. It's like different choices begin to be made. I want you to think about the fact that God has been making some choices for you. There are some decisions that he's been making that will directly affect your life. And and watch this. Before we step into the boat of blaming other people and their choices that have affected us, We've got to realize we've made some choices too. Because if we all do that and just say, I'm in the shape that I'm in because this parent member and this family member and that friend and that boss at that time did all this and it's affected my life, I get it. But what have you done that's affected other people too? And it's very easy to just narrow it down to everybody's done everything that has affected me. But have you ever thought that maybe I've done something that affected them? Hmm. I know. So we got to step away from the, the, the blame game and lean into the fact that we all have choices to be made and that there are choices that is affecting our life, but also recognize that God's making choices for us too. And God is making choices that makes things work out. God is making choices that helps things, helps you and I to work through 
some things, amen? Some things that work for what? For our good. The choices that God is making for us, it's to help things work out in our life and make things work for good. And I think we've all had that moment where it just didn't seem like it was working out. Am I right? But then we've seen how God turned it around and worked it out for our good. And it's not him with the problem of making choices. It's the person sitting next to you. No, 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 no. It's us. It's us. It's our choices that we make. So when you look in 1 Samuel chapter 16, this is the story of David being chosen to be the king. And there's parts of this story that is absolutely incredible. And there's parts of this story that is absolutely terrible. I'm serious. Let's get excited for David. David's chosen to be the king. Let's go. But there's some dysfunction in this family, y'all. There was some stuff in this family that we just glossed over because David killed the giant two chapters later. Come on, son, I want you to grow up to be a David and kill your Goliath. David was killing some giants long before he got to Goliath. There were some things in his life. Let me break it down. David wasn't chosen to attend this family meeting. (laughs) Boy, that changed your whole perspective, right? What's wrong with these parents? Where's the mama at in this? Right? He wasn't chosen to attend a family meeting to decide who's going to be chosen to be the king. David wasn't included in that. Imagine how all the brothers felt when they weren't chosen. Y'all remember that little tryout in in middle school? (laughs) Little scrawny you, (laughs) I want to play coach. That's the story I was going to tell. Coach said, hey, just leave before I got to put your name on the list and everybody see it. Thank you for that, coach. Thank you. Thank you. Brothers, how did they feel when they weren't chosen? Imagine how Jesse felt when none of the sons that were attending the meeting, none of them were chosen. And then the prophet's got to ask, do you have another son? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 man, I got another one. Yeah, he's just taking care of stuff for us. That's, that's, my, that's my boy. He's the one I can count on to take care of things. You know, you know how you work out of that situation? And we all know, bro, you just did not invite him. He had to get his other son from the field. And then he's the one that gets chosen. So even though as a father you feel good that your kid's chosen, you kind of feel really bad about yourself that you didn't think he would be the one to get chosen. Am I right? And there's a lot of picking and choosing going on in this story. And I know there's people in here, you feel bad for Eliab. Like, why didn't he get picked? And God still used him. God chose him for a different role because David can't be David without Eliab. The whole thing with the giant being killed, Eliab was a setup man. That's what he was. Abinadab, these are set up men. So don't start feeling like, oh, God doesn't love them. God loved them. He just had a different role for them. And God has all kinds of roles for us. And sometimes we don't think of it that way because in our life, we are the star of the show. And God may put you in a supporting role. Come on now. I know we love to be the star, but God just says, hey, let's go with support. So picking and choosing all over in this story. And I realize this kind of feels like our life. A lot of picking and choosing going on, right? We're trying to use our best judgment, like as we pick and choose our way 
through all of life's decisions. So in this story, David's chosen to be the king, and he's still a kid. Like, grab this. He's still young. It's not like he's chosen, okay, hey, King Saul, out the way, got a new guy. He's coming in. That's not how it worked. He was chosen, but he still had a process that he had to go through to finally get to the place. And so he's still a kid, but he's chosen to be the king. He's still Jesse's son. Even though he's chosen to be the king, that's still his dad that didn't invite him to the family meeting. And he's still got a brother named Eliab, by the way, that didn't appreciate that David was the one who got picked. Here's what I'm saying. Just because something like that happens in your life, it doesn't mean that everything is beautiful and perfect. There's still situations. Amen? Like, there's still stuff in your life. Even if you get the job promotion, it's like job promotion plus all the stuff. That's always been there. Amen? And this is what I need you to see in the middle of his story. He's chosen by God to be a king, but he's still a kid. And so when you get to 1 Samuel chapter 17, David is still tending sheep. Like he still has chores to do at the house. And now his dad wants him to become a delivery boy. I got some errands. I need you to go and run. Okay. His brothers, Eliab, Abinadab, and Shimea, they have joined the army. Okay. And they're at battle with the Philistines. This is where they are. They are part of the army of Israel, and they are at battle with the Philistines. Okay. Keep in mind, these are the brothers who are not chosen to be the king, okay? And they get a visit from the brother who is chosen to be the king. No animosity there, right? What do you want here? Little comments going on. No jealousy there. But I could just imagine there's some jabs that are taking place. And so David delivers the goods from home, from his dad to the brothers, and that's when Goliath shows up. In the picture, this is the part of the story we love. We love it. And this is what Goliath says in 1 Samuel 17, 8, 9. He says, why are you all coming out to fight? He called. I am the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Watch what he says. Choose one man. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. So we got David who is chosen by God, and now we got an enemy that wants to make a choice too. And this is the part where we get uncomfortable because we don't want our enemies making choices for us, right? Because we just think if the enemy makes the choice, then this is going to turn out bad for me. But who's in control here is the question. Here's another layer of the story. All of these men that are there were chosen to be a part of that army. They are chosen to be a part of the army, but yet none of them are choosing to fight. Oh, I got to say that again because I thought that part was going to be applause and like, and don't you dare clap after I say it again, okay? You had your chance. All of these men were chosen for the army, but none of them were choosing to fight. So you can be chosen for something, but you got a choice to be made for what you are chosen to do. They were chosen to be men of action, but they were not men of action. They were watching. The enemy comes out daily and asks for someone to make a choice to do, watch this, what they were meant to do. 
every day. Choose a man, and he's talking to the army. Choose a man to come out here and fight me. I'm looking for someone to come out here and do what they are meant to do. And even the guys who were jealous of the kid that was chosen to be a king couldn't even see. This could be a moment for me. Didn't even see it that way. They made a choice to remain inactive. And this is what I learned from this. We want God to choose us over and over. But what happens when we don't make the choice? We want God to choose us. But what about when your enemy chooses you? That's a layer of confirmation I don't know if I'm comfortable with. But this is a layer of confirmation for David that is next level. So let's do some inventory. David wasn't chosen by his dad to be at the family meeting, but he's chosen by the Lord. He's now not in good standing with his brothers. He's on a simple delivery run, and now the enemy comes out and says, choose a man. A lot of picking and choosing going here, y'all. And instead of David just, like, minding his own business, you know what I'm saying? Don't say nothing right here. Don't, don't, don't volunteer for that. Don't. You ever been in one of the meetings at school? Don't, don't say we're going to do it. The car ride, don't raise your hand. Don't sign up for it. I think that was the moment here. Instead of David just minding his own business, he started asking questions. And Eliab, the oldest brother who wasn't picked, begins to scold him. Like, who do you think you are? You're starting to feel the family stuff show up at this point in time. And don't you know the word gets back to King Saul that there's a guy who's asking questions. And so Saul says, bring him to me. And this is where David makes a choice. 1 Samuel 17, 32 through 37. He says, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go in fighting. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy, and he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted, I have been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. Like he's a 10 on that level. You know what I'm saying? I've dominated the neighborhood for years. I beat everybody up in my neighborhood. And this guy, I don't know who he is, but I'll beat him up too. That's what's going on right here, okay? Some of y'all, you felt that when I said it. You're like, you right, I did. You don't live in that neighborhood no more, though. <laughs> anyway, all right, all right, let me go back to the story. <laughs> I've been taking care of my father's sheep and goats, he said. When a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and rescue the lamb from its mouth. If the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and club it to death. Come on, I just feel like this is for men right here. You didn't know. You, you thought this was going to be a soft church service today. Am I right? This ain't soft, man. This is tough stuff. Some of y'all like, ooh, too graphic, too graphic. Okay. And he says, I have done this to both lions and bears, and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too, for he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. And Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead. And he said, may the Lord be with you. May the force be with you. And this is where we know the story. Right here, we love this part of the story. 
Because we love a David and Goliath story where the little guy kills the big giant. But watch this. David's chosen to be a king, but he's making some choices as a kid that's going to make him a king. He's chosen to be that, but he has choices to make. There were a lot of choices that were made that went into this entire story happening. This wasn't just a little boy minding his business that had a good idea. There were some choices that were made that affected his life personally, that put him into place to make some choices that was about to affect a lot of other people's lives personally. And sometimes we just believe the only way this is going to work is if there are perfect conditions. And can I go ahead and just blow your mind right now? There's never going to be perfect conditions. In fact, Solomon in the book of Ecclesiastes tells us, and I know you don't read that book because that's in the Old Testament and that's deep stuff. He says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you will never get anything done. And we're waiting for everything to be perfect before we make choices that reflect the fact that we have been chosen by God. And there's never going to be perfect conditions. If there was, the choices would already be made. In fact, there wouldn't be a need for someone to step up because everything's perfect. But because it's not perfect, this is where God begins to call out into our imperfectness with his perfect will and says, I want you and I want you and I want you to step into this imperfectness to help bring the perfection of God on the scene to make right that which was wrong. And so he chooses people to bring them into these places, even though they got a lot of imperfection going on in their life. Come on, anybody sitting next to somebody who is perfect today? You can't even raise your hand because you know they're not. And you know that you're not as well. But God is saying, even though you're imperfect, <laughs> my perfect son took care of your imperfections when he went to the cross. And God is calling out to each and every one of us through the cross, through his Savior. And he's saying, I want you, even though you're imperfect. And I want to share with you two realities about being chosen. Two realities today about being chosen. Number one, this is what it is. God chose you. God chose you. You may have not even known that, but God has chosen you. And so many times we interpret our lives through what we're chosen for and what we were not chosen for. And it still holds on to us to this day because it's like, I wish I could have been on that team. I wish I could have got that job or I wish I could have had that relationship. I wish that would have worked out. And we're looking back at what we wish could have happened, what we really, really wanted to happen. And because it didn't, we think that God didn't have a choice for us, that God wasn't choosing us. But I want you to know that God, it wasn't just a what, it's a who. God chose you not just for what, but who you are who he wanted you still upset because we didn't get chosen for that we didn't get chosen that by that person but the whole time God's like I chose you and you wasn't even aware that I chose you see our lives is so much more about what we're chosen for it's who we're chosen by 
It's not just what you're chosen for, it's who you're chosen by. And Ephesians 1 says this, even before he made the world, God loved us, watch this, and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. And God decided He's been making decisions before you even got on the scene. He decided in advance, watch this, to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. He wanted you. You need to hear that today. He wants you. He, it's not because you need it so bad. It's because he wants you so bad. I know you got crisis in your life and you got things that needs to change. But before the crisis, he wanted you so bad. He wanted you so bad. He's always wanted you. And that, my friends, is why Jesus went to the cross. Because anything that stood in the way, God said, let's get it out of the way. Because I want them. I want to show them how much I love them. So many times when it comes to choices, we think it's luck that determines our destiny. But I want you to know it's not luck. It's the love of God. And it's the fact that he is choosing you. He wants to write your story. So God chooses you to be a part of his family. He chooses you to belong. He chooses you to believe, to become all he has planned for you. Watch this. In any and every mistake that has been made, any sin that has been committed, any wrong choice that you have made, choices even that were made against you, when Jesus died on the cross, he covered it all. Through one man's choice, sin entered the world. Through another man's choice, freedom and forgiveness entered the world. And Jesus made the ultimate choice that covers all the wrong choices that you and I have ever made. We didn't deserve it, but he said, I want you. I want you. Mm. Here's the second thing about choices. Not just that God chose you. It's that you have choices to make. You have choices to make. It's awesome. It's an awesome feeling to know that you are the one to be chosen. But what are you choosing because of that? He chose you, but are you choosing him? And that's why I entitled this message, You're Chosen to Choose. You were chosen to choose. And all the way back in Joshua 24, 15, it says, Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. You've got a choice to make. God's chosen you, but have you chosen him? Have you chosen his way? So he chose you, but you got to live like you're chosen. You can't just walk around. I'm chosen. I'm safe. I'm chosen. I'm secure. I have nothing to worry about. I'm chosen. Ah, what about your choices? I know he chose you. Listen, when we were all younger, come on, all the guys in here, we chose a lot of girls that we thought could and should be our girlfriend, but they had to choose us back. Come on now. God chose you, but you got to live like you were chosen. You've got to choose to live by faith instead of feelings. That's an everyday choice. Because those feelings, you know what your feelings are going to tell you? 
God didn't really choose you because if he really chose you, you wouldn't think like that. And if he really chose you, you wouldn't act like that. And if he really chose you, you wouldn't talk like that. Come on, anybody else got those little voices in their head? Some of y'all, yeah, 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 you talking to me now. God chose us to live life his way instead of ours. And that's where it gets hard. Because our way, you know what it wants to do? Our way wants to go back to Eliab and tell him how it is. And our way wants to go back to our dad wants David to go back to Jesse and get all over him because he didn't invite him to the family meeting. Am I talking to anybody today? That's our way of doing it. Our way is trying to do God's work for him instead of letting God work it out. Amen? Letting God work it out. So you got choices to make. There's people all over the room today, you know that God's chosen you. But you're not living like you're chosen. You're not living like you're chosen. You're living like you got options. I'm going to say that again. You're not living like you're chosen. You're living like you have options. And can I tell you, my friends, those options are not as good as his choice. They're not as good as his choice. There's a life that God's chosen for you that's better than what you've ever imagined better than any plan you can come up with. And this is what he wants for you. And I want you to hear this. It's for each of us to live life to the fullest. And can I tell you, there is no friend that you know with all of their fancy stuff, with all of their big finances and their big houses and their big trips that measures up to the fullness of God. Because you can go on a trip and still hate yourself. Come on. You can have the car that you love and not really love what's going on in your house. You can have all of this stuff and be missing the fullness of God. That's what he chose for you. I want you to hear that today. What he chose for you is for each and every one of us to live life to the fullest. That's what he chose for us. That's a good God. But the choices that we make is trying to find something else that's going to fill it. He chose us, but what are you choosing today? You're chosen to choose. See, those choices that you're going to make daily, you know what it's going to do? It's going to affect your daily routines. It's going to affect your planning. That's what it's going to do. It's going to affect your life planning. Because people all the time, God, I'll do whatever you want until it interferes with what we want. And then we try to work around it. We try to work around that. You know what I'm saying? Let's work around it. Lord, I need you to be flexible. And he's like, bro, I've been flexible. I need you to be more committed. What choices right now as we finish, what choices right now you know you need to make? There are choices that you've got right now. Some of us are forfeiting a walk with God so that we can walk with a group of people. Some of us are so caught up with success, but daily 
we're losing a part of ourselves because success is so intoxicating. And we call it doors of opportunity, but that ain't the doors that the Lord has opened for you. Come on. We're letting stress make all of our decisions for us. That's too stressful. I can't do it. I got to find perfect conditions in order to do it. We're letting sins of the past dictate how we parent, how we do marriage. All of this is reflecting in our choices. Instead of letting our choices be reflected from the one who chose us and saying, God, I'm going to do it your way. And instead of looking forward with, I know better because of all these things, I'm looking forward in faith because you know better. Because you see things I didn't. And I might try to destroy Eliab when you're trying to use Eliab to set me up. Think of that, y'all. This is where it comes down to God. Your way is higher than my way. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, thank you in this room today. So many people have been chosen. But so many have choices to make. I think of that verse that says, many are called, but few have chosen. He invites you, but will you respond to the invitation? There's men and women in this room. You've been in church for years, and you told God over and over you were going to do that. You were going to do that. And when you look back, it's been years, and you haven't done it yet. There are people in this room today with religious backgrounds, and you have just been living from the perspective of God has chosen you, and you've been choosing all kinds of other things in your life does not reflect that he has chosen you, but you use it as your cover. And today there's a choice to be made. There's people in the room today, you didn't even know that God chose you. And this has opened your eyes to realize that, man, God loves you more than what you ever thought. And that he has always been there. And today it's putting you in a place to make a choice. Will I respond to the one that has chosen me? Well, I say yes to the one that says, I want you. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're in this room today and you are away from God, you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But today, you're here, you've heard it. Today, the revelation has come that he has chosen you. And you know, I've got to respond to his choice. And today, I choose him. I choose to give my life to him. If that's you. I want you to lift a hand in this room today. He's calling you. Will you choose him? Anyone else today? You're not the only one. I choose you, Lord. I choose you. Yep. Anyone else? I choose you today. Yep. Anyone else? I choose you, Lord. I choose you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let us pray this prayer together as a church family. We pray this every Sunday together. And as we prayed, I want you to be intentional because I believe God hears you. But let this be your commitment. We're going to thank God that he's chosen us, but we're going to say, God, I choose you. Pray this with me. Say, dear Lord, thank you for choosing me. Thank you for going to the cross to pay the price for every sin that I've committed so that I could be forgiven so that I can be free. Today, I make the decision. I choose your way over my way.
I choose to follow you instead of following my feelings. I surrender to you now. It's your way. Thank you now that my sins are forgiven and I'm a brand new person. (laughs) Thank you for choosing me. I choose you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you could go to our website, merchchurch.com, and click on Give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.